Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travel. The great Billy Bratcher. Thank you, Billy, for uh, bringing us in for another edition of Travels with Charlie here on WDEV. Thanks for joining me today, your host, Charlie Papillo. I want to thank all of my sponsors. Of course, this show would not happen without the help of my sponsors. Uh, Of course, uh, Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, Zero Sort Recycling, helping to keep everything out of the landfill. Jolly Convenience Stores, when you're on the road like I am, I know where to stop to fill my belly or to fill my car, uh, hot coffee and uh, sandwiches and snacks, home of the daily smile, jolly convenience stores. And if you want to do some big time traveling, Milne Travel can help you out. They've been doing it since 1975, com, And my latest sponsor, my good friends at uh, Myers Bagel Ca- Cafe in Burlington. Well, they've changed the name. It's now Myers Wood-Fired Bagels, Pizza, Libations, and they've moved. They're at 408 Shelburne Road, and you can check them out uh, daily from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. for delicious sandwiches and uh, unbelievable. So they do their own smoked meats and everything. Just really, really good stuff. Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. Well, great show for you today. Uh, in today's lineup, of course, uh, we'll be talking about the Wheels for Warmth program. In its 18th year, they've raised almost $700,000 for heat uh, assistance. Casella Waste has been a partner in it uh, from the beginning. Jeff Weld, uh, Community Outreach Director, he'll be joining me today with details on where to drop off tires and where you can purchase just in time for the winter. Uh, but my first guest uh, today, uh, she was a regular on, on my, my, my old show uh, on that other radio station doing the morning show, God, for years. Uh, uh, and let's catch up on what's happening in Burlington. Welcome to uh, BBA Director, Burlington Business Association. Kelly Devine. Kelly, so good to see you again. Good to see you. Always a pleasure. We had a lot of fun back in those days. Um, there was always something good to eat there, I feel like. Yeah, there and was, the, wasn't uh, it? Politically incorrect Christmas parties. It was some really good memories. I always loved coming to see um, you and Ernie and Lisa. And um, I have to tell you, my little pug is still alive. Oh, Frankie! Yeah, he's still yeah. alive. Uh, he's he's not doing so well, but um, oh. you know he's still he's still cooking. Frankie was such a well-behaved uh, animal or dog, uh, well, animal. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because Frankie would come in oftentimes, and yep. uh, we, we've had some dogs uh, in the studio that uh, sometimes they weren't <laughs> quite as friendly. That's and, right. Yeah. In fact, there was uh, one that uh, came in, and it's interesting because. Uh, his name was Elvis, <laughs> and yes, and and all of a sudden, it's uh, I think Ernie coined uh, the phrase uh, "Elvis left something in the building." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we had I to light a candle story. in the studio. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. So yeah, I'm still doing you know the, the morning radio show once a month, which is great to talk about Burlington issues. I welcome the opportunity, uh, but there's you know there's just. 
there's a lot happening. So I'm real happy, real happy to be out here and tell you a little bit about what's going on. Well, Kelly, in my lot, professional world. A, a lot has changed since we had our regular conversations once a month uh, on the morning show. And it's been about five years. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting because a lot of the things that we talked about five, six years ago, seven years ago, I remember talking about a city place. Um, you know, what's it going to look like? Yeah. Uh, there was discussion about, well, if it, if it's this tall, it's going to cast a shadow on the tree. <laughs> you remember all these stories. All these things that we'd come up with so, we, so they wouldn't do it. Yeah. It'll cast a shadow on the marketplace and it'll be, it'll be a, a dark and cold place. And then, you know, here we are now, seven years later after all of that discussion, yeah. and it's finally getting underway. What so did in that two, do? Yeah. In 2016... Um, the mayor, there were, uh, you know, I remember spending way too many August nights in City Hall and they were coming up with a, what they call an overlay district of zoning to allow that project to go forward. And there was a lot of controversy, like you said, people, people claim to be worried about the height, but you know, yeah. it's always something people are worried about. And, um, in, this, in, at the November of le- election of 2016, which was a big year election wise, yep. Burlington had a ballot item on there to ask the citizens to approve the voting. So that was a real seminal point for that project. We won that um, vote that night by a landslide. I'll, I'll you know, I'll never forget um, getting those getting those election results in, and the Burlington citizens really supported it. So then we had the zoning, and nobody, I think, really could have foreseen that from that point in 2016, where it was kind of like ready to go. Yeah. Between, uh, you know, economic challenges, changes in leadership, uh, more appeals, that that project was held up. It start, it actually got started, I think it was about a year ago. And if you haven't been downtown to check it out for you or your listeners, I would encourage you because the steel structure of the first building is complete. And they're going to start, they're starting to fill that in and the elevator towers and the stair towers are there. So it's been really a daily inspiration for me to go down there and see that thing rise to the ground. I think it's, imp- it's important to remind folks in our community that when process holds up a project from moving forward, during that period of time, other factors shift and change. So our economy changed quite a lot from 2016 until, you know, like 2020. And then we had COVID. We had a a pandemic you could have never foreseen. And so what ends up happening with these projects that keep getting appealed and keep getting delayed is these other factors come into play that risk them. And, you know, we're seeing that in Burlington in another project that's really near and dear to me, which is the one where Burton is trying to create this second piece of property that would be home for... um, Higher ground. Right. And these in neighbors again appealed it now to the Supreme Court. We see what is the, what's their main uh, problem with it? I mean, it's an have, empty building now, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Well, they, uh, Burton's got some, you know does a lot of yeah. um, stores a lot of its new products in there and brings salespeople in. And they have there's actually no, a, there's you, no traffic there. I mean, it's no, not like yeah. no. So that one-lane bridge, if folks know that area, Queen City Parkway, there's that one-lane bridge that goes over the railway. It's right on the Burlington, South Burlington line, and there's always been controversy as to who's responsible for doing an improvement there. It really should be a two-lane bridge, but it's literally you have to stop and let other in, incoming traffic I know. go. Yeah. So that's one of the rubs that they have. They're trying to claim that you'll be able to hear or they're concerned about hearing bass notes in music. 
<laughs> but they can do soundproofing, can't they? They're going to do unbelievable soundproofing. That's the plan because they don't want anyone to hear any of the music. I mean, they have the same in South Burlington. That's where yeah. higher ground is now. Yeah. And are there issues of people can hear the bass notes outside? No. And, and people live a lot closer to higher ground. These are people from Queen, the Queen City um, you know, park area. So yeah. you go down past Red Rocks. It's, it's not a short trip down there. That's it's right. maybe a quarter mile. Um, you know, I, uh, I think we've got to, um, I think we need as a community to really think about why there's just such a resistance to change and new things coming in. Yeah. Um, because everybody, th- everybody thinks that, you know, the project that's coming near them is the one that should be stopped. But <laughs> we're seeing, seeing all kinds well, of projects stopped. Not in my backyard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kelly Devine, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. If you have a question or comment today, we're talking basically uh, about Burlington issues. Uh, she's the BBA director, Burlington Business Association director, 802-244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Uh, talking specifically uh, about uh, Burlington issues and, you, you know, with, with uh, Burlington Place, um, you have to look at again with, as you mentioned, economic changes, uh, COVID and the pandemic and how things changed uh, or during that entire period, why it was on hold and now it's being built. And now it seems to be a problem because, um, you know, I look at it and I go, well, who, how do you, how do you convince retailers to come in there as you have retailers that are exiting Burlington? Yeah, that's a good question. So part of the code, especially, you know, for the downtown where, if you know, geeks like me know we put in form-based code about five or six years ago, which deals more with the way the building looks within the space rather than what's going on inside of it. Um, that code still has a requirement of um, the first floor being some kind of public-facing activity. So it could be a retail, could be a real estate office, an insurance agency. It could be a healthcare center. Like it's a bunch of things. Anything where, you know, the public can access services or goods or entertainment could, could qualify. We have done a really great job of building housing in Burlington. We really have. There, uh, there's the new Nest project, which is 49 units. There's the, um, where People's Bank used to be. I think that has another 30, 40 units. We got the project, the old, our Archdiocese, uh, Burlington, um, Catholic Church on North Ave. North Ave. Yep. That's a bunch of units. Yep. Um, Vermont, um, Champlain Housing Trust is going to use this property where the VFW is on South Winooski Avenue and build that more housing there. So the housing is really going to help. It, it, we still need more housing than we have planned, but the housing is really going to help. But the challenge is going to be once the project, City Place project goes up, because that's, they, there was a change that was put forward to that about a year ago where it's actually, I think, close to 500 units of housing. It's a lot of housing, and I think it could is any of that committed. I know it uh, originally. Again, going back six or seven years ago, uh, UVM wanted a number of those units uh, for for their staff and so forth. Uh, you know, apartments. Uh, no, what you're thinking of is UVM was going to use one story of it as office space. Office space, okay. Yeah, and that's completely gone. That's gone. Like, that's not coming back. As a matter of fact, the office space has been removed from the project, which, you know, we were originally, it was originally planned for 14 stories. It's now, I think it's around 10 or 11, and part of it is because they took that entire, those entire layers of office space out of it. 
So anyway, um, yes, I think they'll have no trouble leasing up the housing or selling the housing if they decide some some of the units are going to be sold. What they will struggle with is the retail. And there's also a pretty significant component of this project, which is what we call workforce housing. That's in collaboration with Champlain Housing Trust. And that's housing for people that are making around some – it's a percentage of the median income for Burlington, which last I checked for a family of four I think was around $65,000, So you make within that range – um, and it changes based on the size of your family. You can qualify for housing there. So that'll be a good addition. But you're right. I don't know how it's going to go leasing up that first floor. The two things that I certainly have seen in Burlington is um, um, retailers who have been feeling like they're in a very tough situation for a long time. Yeah. Um, and not their concerns not really being heard by the city have made the decision to leave. And then um, we have a lot – what people don't see is these large professional firms that are making the decision to leave. So, you know, a company – we have a company that was in my building. I have a downtown office that was in the software business. And, you know, they just decided they weren't going to renew their lease and go fully remote. And it's a huge amount of space. Yeah. And that building. affects all the restaurants and, mm-hmm. the, you know, the diners downtown as well. Yeah, we have a study that was done way back in 2011 when we were doing Plan BTV. And I'd love to get the city to update this study. But that study showed that the average annual expenditure for a, you know, someone in a professional job working downtown was $5,000 a year. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. 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 So as we lose that population, we're definitely feeling it um, in in the restaurant industry. And I think that's why you're seeing more people that are like closed Monday, Tuesday, or they close down in the wintertime part of the week. Well, some of them can't find help either. That's part That's of it, too. That's another issue, yeah. Yep. Uh, BBA Director Kelly Devine with me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more Burlington issues. And love to hear from you as well, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Join us right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. I'm going to throw this one to Kelly. Can you name that tune? Who's the, who is that, Kelly? Tears for Fears. It is Tears for Fears. I knew she would get it. She's up on her music. I knew it. I knew she would get it. Well, you know, uh, my brother's a big Aerosmith fan, so a lot of people think about my, you know, I follow Aerosmith with him, but really I'm mainly like a 90s alternate alternative yeah. 
woman. Yeah, I Good don't. Stuff. Yeah, that's my main. <laughs> that's my main go-to. She got it. She got it. Yeah. Uh, she's with me for the full hour. We've got uh, Jeff Weld with Casella Waste joining us at the bottom of the hour. Their sustainability spotlight. The Wheels for Warmth program is coming up on October 28th, and Jeff will be filling us in on all of that. We're catching up with with Kelly. As many of you know, Kelly uh, did a you know a segment with me uh, once a month when I was on uh, with uh, Charlie Ernie and Charlie Ernie and Lisa. Yep. So just kind of catching up. I gotta before we go any further, I do have to catch up with you somewhat uh, personally because uh, um, I, I think you and I share something now. I don't know <laughs> what's in the drinking water. What are we doing? But um, you're on a select board. Is that yeah. correct? <laughs> Yes. What, what, you know, and I could, you could say the same way. What were you thinking? Yeah, what were you thinking? No, I told Charlie when I got here, he inspired me to run for select board. Um, blaming me. I, I can tell you why, and it'd be interesting to see if it works the same way in Colchester, but I joined the planning commission in Charlotte because I'm really interested in this concept of developing our village centers. Like, we need more housing in Charlotte. We need, you know, more restaurants, more places we can go. So I wanted to get involved on the planning side. And I was on the planning commission for two years, and, you know, one of my sources of frustration was all the work we did had to go to the select board, get approved there, and then get approved by the voters. And I'm like, well, (laughs) if that's standing in the way, I'm going to sit at that table (laughs) and get to the side. So I'm on the select board. Are you enjoying it? And I'm the representative of the select board to the planning commission. You know, I am enjoying it. It's a lot of work. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I approach the position as if I'm never going to run again because I don't want the idea of um, doing what's right to be hampered in any way with, with what's yeah. do, what's, what doing what's going to get me reelected. Um, we have some tough stuff we're dealing with, like some really tough stuff. Our budget was voted down the same day I got elected. Mm-hmm. Well, you're thinking in the right direction. There's, I can smell term limits in there. <laughs> All right. if, we could, if we could only get that to Congress, uh, we need some kind of term limits. Uh, BBA Director Kelly Devine with me this afternoon, Travels with Charlie. Join us uh, on the phones here at uh, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Kelly, uh, tourism plays a huge part of Burlington's economic vitality. It, it, it took a hit, certainly, during uh, the pandemic. You know, every place did. Uh, you had to kind of go back to the drawing board, and I know some places were doing takeout only. The governor allowed you to get, uh, you know, even drinks from bars, You could, which kind of confused me because there's an open container law, but it was okay <laughs> if you got a sippy cup margarita, uh, a 24-ouncer. Good days, you, good days. <laughs> you, you, could, you could drive around with it, but don't take a sip out of it, I guess. Um, <laughs> how has the... the economic vitality in Burlington prospered uh, during those times, and is it coming back completely yet? Well, I think there's another important thing to mention that happened during the pandemic, which is people's routines changed, and that didn't, that impacted our, you know, people's willingness to go out for entertainment purposes. We have Vermont Comedy Club, we have the Flynn, we have Higher Ground, we have music festivals. A lot of those those habits changed. People's habits around shopping changed and people got a lot more acculturated to shopping online. Have you heard about this new online service that's a startup in in the Chittenden County? It's called Mighty, M-Y-T-I. No. So this is started by a guy named Bill Calfee. He might be interesting guest to come on and he said, you know, 
where where sort of where we have to have a local alternative to Amazon. And so he's just doing this startup out of Hula where he has a staff of people and they've got an online portal, mighty mytidcom where people he's trying to get people to do their online shopping locally. So um, you know we had those all of those changes of habits and trying to change those habits back it takes some work. And so we came back to being fully open, whatever point that was may have been late 2021, probably more like into 2022. And at the same time we had this concurrent growing. Uh, addiction crisis yeah. in Burlington. And those two worlds have come to collide, really, uh, here in the, you know, the fall of 2023. Those worlds have come to collide, which is, you know, why, um, we are starting to see citizens getting really, um, engaged and involved. Some folks from the social service, uh, in area getting involved. You know, the business association has been involved all along. And, you know, just a couple weeks ago, the city council passed this resolution, which, you know, declared a crisis around, not only around the issue with, uh, overdoses and, and addiction, but also there's a lot of behaviors that are attached to that. I don't, I don't, if you come down to Burlington, it's going to be like beautiful this weekend, right? It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah. We haven't had a nice weekend in a while and exceptionally warm. You come down to Burlington on a day like that and probably see restaurants open up their cafes and everything. And you can go up and down Church Street. You'll see very little evidence of um, the situation we're facing. But it, and, and it's always a good thing to remember that when there's a lot of vitality, those behaviors sort of disappear sure. or get pushed to other locations. But what you might see is behavior in the city garages. Um, and we've had seen parking in city garages be, you know, low, lower, what hasn't returned to pre-pandemic levels. Um, on the outskirts, you might see, you know, people, you know, just kind of sleeping on the sidewalk. And people tend to talk about uh, the bad more mm-hmm. than they do the good. You know, you know this. You, you go to a restaurant, you get a great meal. You, you don't talk a lot about it, but, man, you go to a restaurant and get a terrible meal, you tell 20 people yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the, the point that I've been trying to make in, in, you know, when people will listen to what I have to say is we are not – I don't think we're helping those people that are lying on the street corners – you know, in the throes of their addiction. And we're also hurting a lot of other people in the process. Yeah. You know, But, Kelly, this isn't something that happened overnight. Uh, you know, as I look back on it, and, and I can recall some of the discussions I had maybe 10 years ago, maybe even longer than that, about panhandling. And uh, there was a talk about, uh, you know, uh, outlawing panhandling and not allowing people to sit on certain sidewalks. You remember all these oh, stories. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. and any time you did it, there'd be a, an outcry. Oh, you know, people should be able to sit there. And they, But the people that owned the stores, it affected their, their business. And it just kind of now it's blossomed into where we are today. So one of the things that I do is I try to look at the national dialogue around this, and there's a lot of smart people that are taking a really close look at this. As a matter of fact, I'm participating in an online program in a week that is called What Happened to the San Francisco Dream? And it's being led from by some folks from San Francisco because I'm always trying to learn what the heck happened, right? Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is um, that you can go all the way back 10 years when there was more and more loosening of local laws. 
Um, and um, so something that used to be criminal gets changed to a misdemeanor. Like that's kind of step one. And then, oh, we can't have a trespass ordinance on Church Street anymore because somebody's rights will be violated. So then that gets taken out of the mix. We used to have a universal trespass downtown where if you were trespassed from one store, you were trespassed from a whole bunch of others. Oh, we can't do that anymore. So there has been this whittling of – uh, legal consequences, enforcement consequences that has come up against uh, the realities of a pandemic and now the realities of an economy that's not as strong as it was. And, and so we have this sort of soup that's come together. And I can talk a little bit more about some other pieces of that, but this kind of trajectory has been seen in a lot of cities. And when you try to change any of those things, you come off as uh, you're not considerate of other people, uh, you know, whether they be homeless or they have uh, drug issues. I have to tell you, it was about maybe five or six weeks ago, uh, I went into downtown Burlington and it, it reminded me, I've spent some time in Los Angeles, it's been a while since I've been to San Francisco, uh, but uh, in L.A. where you would see tents all over the place, people sleeping in tents, and I saw that. I saw it on St. Paul Street, and I, I looked around, and I just said, man, things have changed here. Uh, One thing and I they ch- were young people. I'm looking yeah. at them. They're young people, and I really question, uh, I think you could be working. So one of the things, too, that makes it more acute in Burlington is our downtown, our, our sort of civic uh, commercial area is relatively small, right? You think about the boundaries right. of it, our downtown district. It's not very big. It, uh, compared to a New York – compared even to the Times Square the, or, or the vastness of a city like L.A., right? So these larger cities like San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, Denver, L.A., New York – uh, maybe even Portland, Maine, who I talked to recently, they've got a more geographic area. So you're seeing more of these activities on the outskirts and they're bumping up against residential neighborhoods where in Burlington, they're all on top of the commercial district. We've got lots more area to cover here with uh, Kelly Devine, BBA Director, Burlington Business Association Director. We'll take a quick break, and we've got coming up Jeff Weld with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight with all the details on the Wheels for Warmth program that's happening October 28th. You can drop your tires off at some locations right now. We'll tell you all about that straight ahead when Jeff joins us here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. Back with you. Good afternoon. It's time for the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. And Jeff Well, the community, community Outreach Director, joining us on the phone line here. Jeff, good afternoon. Hey, Charlie. How are you? I'm doing well. I've got a friend uh, of yours in studio with me. Uh, uh, Kelly Devine's also here with me today. Oh, hey, Kelly. How are you? Good, Jeff. How are you doing? Yeah, long time no see. I know, yeah. 
So, Jeff, we got to, in fact, uh, Kelly just, uh, you know, I mentioned the wheels for warmth. She goes, oh, I got some tires to get rid of. So, uh, we've got, uh, we've got one person that's uh, ready to, to give the 18th year of wheels for warmth program, raising funds for emergency heating assistance. And uh, it's happening again this year. You're reaching a, a, a milestone here. I think you've raised about $670,000 over the last 18 years. Good, good, a good uh, chance to go well over 700000 this year. Yeah, pretty incredible effort when you think about it. I mean, I think um, Wheels for Warmth has really started to become one of those mainstays in the community, mainstays in Vermont, similar to Green Up Vermont. And to sort of look back on it and say, wow, we're, we're approaching 700,000. You know, we've, we've sold more than 25,000 safely donated tires and then recycled another 50,000, kept them out of the streams and rivers and off the roads. Um, it's really just one of those events that's, quintessentially Vermont and, and takes a lot of people coming together to make it happen. Absolutely. And Jeff, that's one of the, you know, the important number here, certainly, you know, helping uh, people with uh, 25,000 tires that they were able to purchase to, to put on their cars and get at least one season out of them. Uh, but the fact that that's 50,000 tires that didn't end up, as we've all seen on the side of the road, uh, behind stores or even in lakes and rivers. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that this really solves for is, you know, you, you bring them to the, to the location. If they pass inspection, you can drop them off for free. Uh, if they don't pass inspection by the DMV, then it's going to cost you $5 to drop that tire off. All of the proceeds go directly to heating assistance. And then we're able to take those tires up to our partners in uh, Fairfield, Maine company called BDS and and they recycle them they turn them into cow bedding and floor mats and and all kinds of good things so um, it, it really is a, a great program and and you know not achievable without a lot of people helping out a lot of volunteers a lot of community support um, but you know well worth the well worth the quick trip in the morning if you can or in the afternoon there to drop them off um, and then if you're if you're looking for some affordable tires if you need uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure Jeff to mention this on my front porch forum. Uh, to I, people in Charlotte are always seem to be getting rid of tires on front porch forum or trying to um, let people know yeah. uh, get the details and that's a great way to let people know about this. So maybe I, my friend Charlie and the select board here from Colchester will do the same. <laughs> Happy to do it. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, very important. Let's tell people where they can drop those tires off because there's a number of locations. There's D, the DMV locations where the tires will be inspected immediately and then of course the non-DMV locations uh, and those uh, tire drop-off locations between uh, October 27th and 26th and 27th. You've got one in Barrie at the Vermont Granite Museum, Stowe at the Mayo Farm Events Field, and then Williston uh, All Cycle Casella. And then the non-DMV spots, uh, now right through the 24th, is at Maz's General Store. I was just there the other day in Colchester, Jeff, and he's got two big Casella dumpsters uh, out front, and they're filling them up as we speak. And then the uh, Waitsfield Village Grocery, you can fill up there as well, drop them off there. Then Those are non-DMV, so you drop them off. There's a $5 fee to drop your tire off. And then let's talk about the tire sale, because this is uh, – I've been to a number of these tire sales, and uh, we can't – stress enough uh, when you say the hours are 8 to 12, one's in Barrie at the Granite Museum and the other one's at the Mendon, Mendon Casella Construction from 8 to 12. And when I say get there early, yeah. Jeff, 
<laughs> we people are there. It's it, it's like uh, it's like that sock sale at Darn Tough. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to use a, a Massachusetts thing because Kelly's from Ma- Massachusetts. Uh, I would think uh, the old bridal gown sale at Filene's basement. Oh, that's right. People that's would right. show up the night before and get in line. <laughs> it's um, you yeah, got to get there yeah, early yeah. if you want to if you want to get tires right. Absolutely. Um, it, people line up. People look forward to it. I mean, all kinds of weather. Don't think that if it's a little rainy or a little cold, it's going to keep a Vermonter away from getting a good deal on a set of tires. Right. Good be there, point. Uh, bright and early. And, and you've got great um, prices, then, too. Uh, you know, a 13 to 14 inch or a single tire, those are free. Uh, there's not a lot of cars that use, you know, maybe you got a go-kart with a 13-inch, but 15-inch tires are 15 bucks, 16 or 20, 17-inch tires, 25, 18-inch, uh, usually the big trucks or sometimes, you know, the SUVs, $30. And again, Jeff, these are tires that are going to be good for at least one season. They've been inspected. They're good for at least one season, right? Absolutely, yeah. So that's the, the beauty of it is you don't have to do any guesswork. The DMV's already been through them. They've inspected them. These tires will pass inspection if you need to get it. You know, you need to get your tire, or your car inspected. You need to get through one more year. Uh, these will these will do it for you at least that long. So it's a great opportunity. And if you don't get there early, uh, at ten o'clock. And you're taking a chance because it's, I've been there before. Sometimes at 10, 11 o'clock, they're getting ready to wrap up. There's very little left. But at uh, at 10 o'clock, a half-price sale starts. So they, <laughs> they like to add a little frenzy to the mix, right, I Jeff? <laughs> Absolutely. We don't, no tire left behind. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And then the money all goes to help Vermont to heat their home, which is going to be really important this year. You know, I think uh, between what happened this summer with the flooding and, yeah. you know, people, are, there's a lot of Vermonters in need right now. Yeah. More so than ever. And yep. again, uh, as uh, we mentioned, it's an in- inexpensive way to dispose of unwanted tires, but it's also uh, raising funds for emergency heating assistance. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing need like this throughout the community. I know that, you know, some of the work that I'm doing with the community covered here in Rutland, we're seeing double uh, census at this point over last year. So people are people are feeling the pinch, and we're heading in a winter, and we're seeing people that are, you know, uncertain about where some of this is going to come from. So even if you don't have tires, you know, you can check out Wheels for Warm dot org donate right online if you have some 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 spare uh, money to donate that's accepted as well so everything we can do to help and and get folks uh, a little bit more sure about where their heating might come from this winter absolutely and get yourself a great deal on uh, on a set of tires uh, for for the upcoming uh, winter jeff always great to chat with you and uh, check in with you casella.com or wheelsforwarmth.org for more information and again that big tire sale is on saturday october 28th at the barry vermont granite museum and then at the menden casella construction site 8 to 12 on uh, both uh, at both locations jeff you have a great day and uh, thanks for joining us here on travels with charlie today yeah absolutely appreciate it all right, we'll be right back and continue our conversation with Kelly Devine, BBA president, right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. 
Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millatravel.com. Let's see how good Kelly is. Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Turn that up a little bit, Danny. <laughs> I think you may have stumped us. I know, right? I'm just gonna throw it. All right. right. Yeah. Nine inch nails. I don't know. I don't know. No, we don't. We don't have it. Uh, we do have lots to talk about. Kelly Devine, BBA director, with me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. By the way, we'd love to hear from you. Two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Got to get into the airport uh, before we wrap things up today because there's a lot happening there, the F-35s. But uh, let's start off first with it's no longer Burlington International Airport. And yep. Batman was there last week yeah, to make it official. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it might see you, Charlie, but I guess you were on the air. Yeah, it was It was great to see Senator Leahy. I thought he looked great. He gave a nice speech. Um, you know, governor was there. Um, Moreau, Weinberger, mayor, of course. But, you know, it's just the best part of the whole day was Nick Longo because he was very inspirational. And, you know, it's nice to remember that there are a lot of really good things happening in Greater Burlington. And, you know, while I think it's important that we all fight for the vitality of our downtown, which means addressing some of the current problems we have, I mean, this has been a great city for a long, long time. And the airport is certainly part of it. And they're doing really well out at, at um, you know, Burlington International Airport. Now, VTV Leahy, I think it is. Um, but they got a new logo. Very exciting, revealed it. So it was it was an upbeat event for sure. And it's very important to the vitality of all of Chittenden County, is it not? Absolutely. I mean, just the fact that, you know, those of us who travel go in and out of there, but also for area businesses, for businesses that are part of national corporations or doing a lot of work in D.C. We have military contractors in our area. We have folks like, you know, like Beta and OnLogic that are doing, you know, a bunch of different things. And they're one of the things I like about Vermont when we think about Vermont is a lot of these businesses that have been created here or decided to grow here, they're bringing in most of their money and contracts from away from here. So they're bringing a lot of money, bringing in talent, bringing good paying jobs. And the airport's really a vital part of that. Uh, now, the part of that, of course, is uh, Vermont Air National Guard is stationed there. The F-35s are there. Before that, it was the F-16s. There's controversy over the F-35s coming. We did finally get the F-35s. Um, but they they pay uh, for a lot of services that Burlington would have to pay for otherwise. Am I correct in that? Yeah. The, so, I mean, I think annually uh, it's at least around $3 million, if not higher. Um, so we have – every airport is required to have a certain, you know, fire department, emergency response crew because stuff happens at airports. Sure. Really big, scary stuff can happen at airports, and we all knock on wood that doesn't happen here. So we get – our, our airport's ability to deliver those services is underwritten by VTANG because they have them for their 
their base and their operations. So we get to share those at basically no cost. And an interesting statistic that came up recently was that something like 69% of the calls that they've been responding to of late are not airport-related. So they're providing shared services with surrounding municipalities Mm -hmm. as we deal with this little bit of a crisis in, you know, police services and we have, you know, uh, fewer people that can respond to different police departments. So that's an important piece. There's a bunch of people that work there and they, you know, it's like a thousand jobs yeah. for local people that aren't necessarily in the military, but they work in a military job. And that provides millions and millions of dollars of payroll coming into the community every year. Now, so, what's up with um, tonight's city council meeting in Burlington? And they'll be discussing this 50-year lease with the F-35, with the Air National Guard? Yeah, so, you know, I, I'd love to just take the F-35 right out of it, because that really has nothing to do with it. The F-35s are at the airport. They're staying at the airport. The VTANG has a lease that goes for another 25 years. I have a, I wonder if you and I will still be sitting here doing this in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> so th- they're, they're there. They're, the only thing that's hinging on this extension is there is um, there are rules that say that if the if the federal government Department of Defense is going to make capital investments and improvements in a facility, they need to have a 50-year lease, lease in place. So they're trying to get the 50-year lease in place, but through this 25-year extension, so that they can make those investments. So we're either going to have another 25 years with no investment, or we're going to have 50 years with a bunch of investment. But the argument comes up about the sound mit- noise mitigation and the like. Those are some of the arguments that uh, the opponents are making, and they want something to be done. But aren't things being done? Um, there's nothing that they can attach to the, <laughs> this action relative to that. That's the interesting thing. I mean, the F-35s, you know, they fly over a couple of times a day, at, just like regular jets, and there's noise associated with them. It's gone relatively quickly. Um, you know, everything in a in a developed community like Greater Burlington is about balance. I can tell you one thing for sure is I'm sure people are more often hearing sirens these days than they are the F-35s going over. Yeah, you get that right. You know, so everything is about balance. This is an important part, not only of our community, but an important piece of our national defense. And we have to make some sacrifices lo- locally uh, to that end. But none of that is on the table for tonight. What's on the table for tonight is a 50-year lease, which I can – Guarantee you the two of us won't be sitting here doing this radio show radio show in fifty years. So No, we'll both be in Washington uh, doing yeah. uh, senator or congressperson. I'm yeah, not sure. exactly. Yeah. Our our yeah. trajectory up from our select board seats. Let me ask you this. Let's talk uh, a little politics. Uh Burlington Mayor Moral Weinberger said um He's not going to seek re-election. Mm-hmm. Um, and and will, will Kelly Devine be throwing her hat in the <laughs> ring there? You know, but they, That's what they say, a little small step. So you go from the select board to the mayor's office. Well, I have to say I have had a couple of people offer me housing in Burlington so I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't live in Burlington. I've never really been able to afford to live in Burlington, if I'm being honest. Um, and so I won't be, but we have some interesting candidates. And it's interesting to – so far all the candidates are women. Which I think is interesting. Uh, there's never been a woman mayor of Burlington, but we also are at a difficult time. So I think one of the interesting things is, 
you, God bless people that are willing to take it on because it's going to be a big lift. Um, there's a lot that's been done really well by the Weinberg administration, getting our finances in order, the credit rating, the bonding. We've got the high school underway, Champlain Parkway underway. The park is done. The bike path is beautiful and brand new. So I think a lot of our basics have been done. Um, we still have some, have to figure out something with Memorial Auditorium. I can still remember Ernie and, you know, the Golden yes. Gloves. Yeah. <laughs> that building. He is, was so disappointed when they shuttered that. You know, yeah. He was, yeah, as you recall, yeah. he was the director of Golden Gloves. He wanted to, uh, he would uh, ask Moreau, just give me the key so I can go in. <laughs> yeah. You know, just once a year we do the Golden Gloves uh, there. Uh, yeah. He had to take it to the fairgrounds. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you get the key right now, you're going to, it's oh, not yeah. safe. I don't there, think but, you want to go in there. So anyway, there are some big things for someone to take on, you know, this this uh, increasing levels of overdose and opioid addiction, the homelessness crisis, which, you know, we had people in hotels, that motels, that was very expensive. We couldn't keep doing that forever, but we didn't really have a plan B. And so now we've got people in the streets. Let's let's uh, delve into that just a little bit uh, more, Kelly. Kelly Devine, BBA director with me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. You talk about the, uh, you know, the voucher program, people staying in hotels. We saw the same thing in Colchester where many of the hotels had uh, uh, homeless individuals and it was a strain on our police department. And uh, one of the issues is, you know, with uh, the community was, well, you want us to, to house these people, but you're not willing to give us any money to help. You know, police calls were up. So the same thing's happening in Burlington. And the legislature, would, would you be in agreement here? The legislature really needs to do something. They need to help help these towns, these communities out. I absolutely agree. I think we need to have the legislature take a really, um, you know, direct look at funding for mental health services. You know, in Burlington, we're sending people up to the UVM Medical Center to their emergency room, and it's just another form of warehousing. We need services for people. We need mental health services. There's a real shortage. We need uh, addiction, you know, uh, helping people heal from their addiction. We need those services. We don't have inpatient mental health. Uh, we don't have inpatient substance use disorder treatment anymore. And, you know, just helping people find housing or get access to services. Like the whole system is really strained right now. And so, uh, you know, everybody's sort of pointing like, you know, in the other direction. Yeah. But there's all kinds of parts to play. I mean, the fact that, it, you know, there are you know, fewer traffic stops, a backlog in the courts, a, a stated policy by our uh State's attorney to, you know, avoid jail time, reduce bail and avoid prosecution a strategy that was, you know, been tried in San Francisco and other places um, could be directly leading to people committing more yeah. crimes. So how much of that lays at the feet of the state's attorney? Well, it's hard to know. Um, we haven't gotten any data out of there. We had heard for a while that the, she was prosecuting, but there was a court backlog. You know, all all the way down the stream. You know, it starts with the the judiciary, and then you get the state's attorney's office. Then you have the PD departments, and there are fractures and challenges at every single level of that. You yeah. know, we've had our Burlington Police Department. Its numbers get decimated. You know, I know that yeah, our fire department is responding to forty percent more calls. I know that 
uh, in South Burlington, the police department has challenges. So, you know, this is a problem that has many different layers to it. And I don't think that there's any level of the system that has had no impact on the system. And I don't think that there's any la- level of the system which is completely responsible. And this is also something that we're seeing nationwide, and that yep. is uh, the area of, of retail theft. We're seeing that in downtown Burlington. And again, it goes back a ways. I remember when when Macy's left, they said that they had one of the highest rates of retail theft in their entire chain. Yep. Now, they closed many stores uh, nationwide, so it wasn't just what was going on in Burlington, but that was one of the reasons that they left. Outdoor Gear Exchange, they recently said they're going to downsize. I know mm-hmm. some people say, well, it looks like they're expanding. Well, they've actually... L- there's there's smaller now in Burlington and they've moved elsewhere. Yep. So LL retail LL Bean retail theft is a huge part of the of what's happening in downtown Burlington and a lot of these people get a slap on the wrist. Absolutely. And in addition, um every, you know the people that we are there are people that are preying on addicted individuals getting them to steal for drugs. So they're making them steal to deal with to feed their habit. That's not a good scenario. Um, so what we have right now is everybody knows that's in this sort of racket, if you will, that you can go to any store and steal $950 worth of goods, walk out the door with it, yeah. very little will happen. Then you go to the next one for 950 and the next one for 950 And we've been trying, I've been up in Montpelier at least three different times, trying to get them to take a look at an aggregate to be able to aggregate those thefts, to turn it into a felony. Sure. The last time we were up there was um, the session in 2022, and what came back from Senator Sears, who led that committee, was we're not going to proceed to try to change this law because there's such inconsistent treatment of these kinds of crimes by our state's attorney's offices. That was what they came out with officially, so it never even moved out of committee. And a lot of times, uh, again, anecdotal, but uh, if you were to call the police, they can't respond immediately. Uh, and especially if it's just, uh, whether it's $100 or $200, $300 that somebody's stolen. But again, if you've got 10 people doing that uh, 10 times a day, I mean, it adds up. It's a lot of money, and that's why these retail outlets are saying, we got to close down. We have to leave. So something has to be done with uh, policing. Uh, Burlington's uh, numbers are down. Police officers are down. And again, that was partial to blame, my opinion, of the city council. Defund the police Absolutely. movement yep. that happened there. Uh, it's going to take years to build it back up again. Yep. Uh, there was an issue of um, Burlington uh, business uh, members uh, hiring outside security. Yep. How did that yep. work? We're looking at that again. You yep. know, We're looking at that again. And there's so many security contracts going on downtown. You go into stores, you see concerti- security people. The CVS has a lot of stuff locked up. It's like, has a def- definitely a different feel to it. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that I say, let's not seed our downtown, our community living room, the place where we all go to have fun and have good food and listen to music. Let's not seed it to these forces. We've got to fight for it. We've got to make sure that we show up. Um, And that includes coming to your local businesses. But I want to think it's important to mention when you talk about retail theft, you know, a lot of people think of that as a victimless crime. Well, we know of many people who've been assaulted in stores in the course of a retail theft. It affects morale in businesses because people feel like, you know, 
a little embattled that anybody can come in the store and take whatever they want. Right. And young women who work downtown in particular and young people generally, they don't feel safe when they know that anybody can walk in the store unfettered at any minute and, and steal things. Absolutely. Kelly, it's been uh, great talking with you today. I know you probably have a late evening tonight with the uh, city council. Yeah, meeting. we have uh, district heat on the agenda. We have this Air National Guard. If anyone's listening and they're so inclined and you live in Burlington or you run a business and you care, I would call, I would I would uh, strongly suggest you email to city council at burlingtonvt.gov. Let folks know how you feel or show up. It's an important vote tonight for the future of our county. All right, Kelly, thanks for joining me today on Anytime. Travel with Charlie. Uh, I want to thank my sponsors again, Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, and Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. My theme song is written and performed by Billy Bratcher. Executive producer Brad Fernland running the board today and doing a great job, Danny McGivern. I'm Charlie Papillo. I'll see you in my travels next Next show, November 6th, right here on WDEV. Have a great day.